Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2024. It's CJ here, and uh, I am so excited to be recording today, finally, after my little illness. And I'm sorry that my voice is a bit croaky still, uh, but uh, it's getting there. I've got honey lemon tea sitting next to me that I'm sucking on, trying to make it a little bit less croaky um, and I'll try really hard not to cough <laughs> it doesn't always work but um, I'm certainly on the mend anyway for those that didn't know I uh, developed adult ath- asthma on Christmas day great day to do it anyway I'm on the mend now I'm feeling much better but it meant that I missed a week which was my first ever week that I missed on my podcast and that was a bit sad but it, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, and when it does, you just have to manage it. So, what are we up to for 2024? I hope you all had an awesome New Year's Eve and an awesome Christmas and got some downtime with your family or loved ones. Um, I think it's really important to take time out. Even, you know, us farmers who maybe don't get a day off, we certainly didn't get a day off. Goats still got milked, chooks still got fed, eggs still got collected. Those things still happen. Uh, farming is one of those lovely jobs that are 365 days a year and there is not a lot you can do about it. (laughs) So this year I'm going to be batching months so to speak. So this month January we're going to be talking all about planning and preparation and by planning I mean you know sorting out what we need to do on our homesteads or farms for the year and I'm hoping that you'll get something out of it. I also um, have maybe, I'm just trying to work out how I'm going to do it. I've got a Canva template that I'm trying to work out how I can kind of give that to people to give them access to it, to to do up their own little timetable and planning. Uh, But before we launch into what we're talking about uh, today, I just wanted to also touch on the fact that I am super excited about 2024. I've got a whole bunch of things in the pipelines Uh, that I want to get out to people. I really want to help people as much as I can with all their homesteading things, but particularly with their chickens. Um, Chickens are the one thing that I'm really, really good at, and I don't mind blowing my own trumpet on that. Um, So I really want to help other people get to the point where having backyard chickens or having chickens like I've got even are um, something that everybody has. I don't think it's an issue. I think everybody should have them. Um, certainly the amount of um, pasture-raised eggs that we're eating at the moment, the kids are just inhaling them, which is fantastic. It's such a healthy, complete food source. Um, So I'm very, very, you know, as you can tell, I love my chooks and I love love the fact that people can have their own food supply in their backyard that is so healthy and so complete. I think it just makes life just takes one less stress out of life that we don't need and 2024 it might be nice to be a little less stressed I think 2023 well it wasn't bad we certainly didn't have a bad year Um, I got sick a couple times uh, but I I want a little bit less stress this year (laughs) a little bit more relaxed 
so February uh, 2024 will be our first backyard chicken keeping course uh, for the year and the registration for that will open on the 10th of February um, with the course starting proper on about the 17th. Um, I haven't said everything in concrete yet, but that's the rough guide. Uh, so if you know somebody who's interested in keeping backyard chickens, but they're a bit nervous about not knowing what to do, uh, it's the perfect course for them. It's a beginner's course. It's not for you if you are already gung-ho into keeping your backyard chickens. Um, you know, well, I'm happy to help people that are already into that, you know, next level. Uh, the course is aimed at beginners. Um, now, yearly planning and time management is today's episode. And I really think it's important. It's one of those things I love to plan. I love to have a calendar. I love to have things sorted. But I really think it's important when you're looking at the overall picture of a farm or a homestead that you do up a yearly plan. Um, it's, it, I can't stress enough that you need to schedule things in advance. And, you know, family gets in the way, weather gets in the way, emergencies get in the way. But realistically, you should have a rough guide of what you're doing over the next 12 months at the beginning of the year. So you know what you've got coming up. You can budget for it. You can budget for time for it. You can make sure that you've got you know, equipment that you need for it, all that kind of stuff. So I can't stress enough about planning at the beginning of the year and having that real um, laid out goal for what's going to be achieved this year. So I'm going to go over a few things. Now, over the next five episodes, today's episode and the next four, um, we're going to discuss the planning and management of of a few things that you need to do at the beginning of the year or to start with and then move into. I'm just going to take a little slurp and try and get rid of this croak. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. I'll see how I go. <laughs> so the first thing is a holistic yearly overview for your homestead. And that's why I use a Canva document because I find it easier to map it all out. And what I do is the first thing I go in and do <clears throat> is add all of the family events so birthdays if we have a holiday booked which you know holidays have to be booked around animals so if a holiday is booked school holidays if there are work commitments like for my day job that I can't get out of those all get scheduled in first so I know exactly what I'm looking at with the non-negotiable dates so obviously you don't want to be doing you know, a huge amount of farm chores on your kid's birthday if you know that you've got to organise a birthday party or something like that. So I set up this calendar and I also, I key in other things too, like the Canberra show is a show that um, I like to exhibit some eggs and things like that into. So I mark that down on the calendar. I mark in the Murrum Bateman field days, which are a local field day for us that are very interesting to go to and I always get a lot of benefit from. Um, and I also schedule in, because I run my backyard chicken keeping courses, I also schedule in the weeks where I know that I've got launch weeks coming up. And that means that I just can't like double book myself or get myself to, you know, out of whack time wise. And try and, you know, try and keep a, a few, a bit of a, a buffer zone around those events where I know that I might need a little bit more time or a little bit more energy and I won't be able to invest in other things so I love having that big overview kind of calendar now that the handy helper works shift work as well um, and I'm not working shift work thank god for that um, 
so I also key in the handy helpers um, schedules so that I know when I can rely on him to be here to help me with things and when I have to manage things on my own. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty handy myself, so I don't mind managing things on my own. But there are some chores that it's just easier to have him there. Uh, when we move the chickens in the paddock, say, for example, um, you know, when we schedule them for a caravan move where we pack up their netting, we lock them in overnight and we move them from one spot to another in the pasture so they've got access to new fresh grass that is much easier with two people it's actually easier with four people but two people you can do it um, so i try and schedule those around his shifts uh, the other thing that i try and put on there is things like our breeding cycles our planting schedules and any animal or farm maintenance chores that have to be done. So if I know that uh, we've got shearing, say, in April, well, I will schedule that in, that the angoras are due to be shorn in April. And that weekend, I make sure that I've got nothing else booked and, and you know, that there's a weekend there where we're not away, we're close by, um, I've got everything organised, I don't have to work weird shifts, the kids don't have anything special on. Um, so I, I schedule that in. Planting schedules can be a little bit easier. Plants are very forgiving on your time. So uh, when I say that, you know, obviously not all plants, but for the most part, you can get away with um, uh, you know, having missing a couple of days or a week and it's not the end of the world. Breeding cycles, not so much so. So with the breeding cycles, I plan out when I want my goats to deliver their kids and I plan that around school holidays you know family events work so that I can try and be here for when they do have their kids I think it's pretty important um, certainly uh, for those that don't know I had a very interesting experience um, three weeks ago with a goat um, Marie Antoinette one of our Angoras who'd never kidded before and she had uh, probably the most assisted kidding I've ever had to help with. It was horrific. We made it. The kids survived. She survived. Everybody's happy and healthy. We got her a, an injection from the vet to make sure she was covered for any kind of infections. And she had, now has cake, <laughs> her little buckling goat or weather goat. Uh, he's now in the paddock with her full time. And they're doing great guns. He's growing up a storm. But... If I hadn't have been there for that, the chances that we could have lost either or both of them was pretty high. Um, it's the most assisted birth I've had to do. Most of my milkers are really, really good at having kids. They just drop them and keep going. But you never know. You can, it's what that's the old saying, don't work with animals and children. You really never know what you're going to get and anything could happen. So if you can be there for it, it's always going to be better. So I try and work around the breeding cycles with that. I've been a bit slack this year and it's partially because I've been sick on and off for the last month. Um, Millie the milker, our milking cow, is due to go to the bull and has not yet gone and she really needs to go. I need to get her over there. I need to speak to the next door neighbour and get her over to the bull as soon as possible. She really needs to be in calf uh, because the, looking at the time frames, it's a 10-month delivery turnaround so it's going to be October before she drops I would have liked to have had her drop early September that's not going to happen now so October it is <laughs> um, but I need to get all that scheduled in and likewise maintenance tasks need to be scheduled in and and like I say I get the handy helper to help with a lot of those things like chopping firewood stacking firewood 
um, you know, if we have to do anything as far as cleaning out um, water troughs and, and, you know, fixing the pump and stuff like that, that all gets done around his schedule. But I key it all in in advance. And people might think that's overkill, but when you are trying to manage your time and not be time poor, I find that that's the best way of doing it. Okay, have another little slurp. Now, people will talk about prioritizing techniques. Um, <laughs> I have never found one. If anybody can find one that works, hit me up because I'd love to know. Um, look, I probably can procrastinate. Sometimes I laugh and go, I actually don't have time to procrastinate, if that makes sense. I have to just get up and keep going. Uh, certainly even in the um, couple of weeks leading up to Christmas where I was starting to get sick and not realising that I had asthma, uh, I was still out there doing everything that I had to do uh, because who else is going to do it? Nobody else was. So it was me or nobody. So uh, prioritising techniques, people talk about them and you know, how to make the most important jobs go first. For me, all the jobs are important and I just crack in and get them done. Anyway. So once you've got your calendar and you've got all that set aside and also think about your seasons as well. Like you don't want to be doing uh, building a, a goat shed or a cow shed or a horse stable. You don't want to be building that in the middle of winter when it's pissing down rain and the weather's going to be horrible. And if you have to use quick set concrete in poles, you know, putting poles in, it's not going to work because the weather's too bad or you just don't want to be outside in it. Um, it you've got to plan around that as well. So Obviously, you can't um, you can't judge the weather. You can't you know manage it without like you can't. Nobody can know the weather. That being said, if any of you are interested, go to Inigo Jones, and that's pronounced correctly, Inigo Jones. Uh, he's on Facebook, but he's also on Telegram. He is a long range weather forecaster. Now he's a bit woo woo, and some people might go, oh, "Fuck, that's not really my cup of tea." This guy is never wrong. He is seriously, when he says that we're going to have a weather event that the bomb are saying, you know, the Bureau of Meteorology, when they're saying, no, we're not going to have a weather event. And he goes, no, we are going to have a weather event. We always have the weather event. The Bureau of Meteorology get it wrong so often. I joke and say they're the only people that can get their job so wrong and still get paid and still come back to a job the next day. Anyway, Inigo Jones, long-term weather forecaster, he is awesome um, and it, it can be helpful to know if you're having going to have a particularly wet winter or a wet summer, um, but like I say, you, you sometimes you can't work around that. You just have to put in, well, I'm not going to do those really heavy physically outside jobs when I know the weather's going to be shit. So map all that out on your calendar. Map out any tasks, map out any holidays, map out anything like that. Then what you need to do is look at this thing, which I've only, only really come into in the last couple of, probably in the last six months, since I've been doing all my online um, education stuff to uh, start running courses online. And that is batch processing. I'd never heard of batch processing before now. Batch processing is this awesome thing where, and I'm going to try and explain this, but I'm sure I'll get it wrong. If you start a chore, you're better off sticking with the chore and getting a bulk amount of that chore done because your brain and your body don't have to adjust between chopping and changing chores. So the idea is that you bulk process something. So just say you're 
um, doing gardening, you would be better off bulk processing the gardening. And yes, you'd still have to do little bits each day, but that bulk processing means that you can get the chore done more efficiently than if you were chopping and changing each day between different chores. So I hope that explains it. And time blocking, obviously, is the same kind of thing where you're blocking out periods of time. Now, I love a good calendar. I love a good timetable. So I know what it takes me each morning. I go up. It actually takes me about 15 minutes to do two milking goats. So I'm my hands are quite tough now. I'm pretty good at milking. So it takes me about 15 minutes. Uh, then the the goats all go out into the paddock for the day. That takes another five minutes. Come down, strain the milk. That takes another five to ten minutes by the time I'm washed up. So after I've washed all the milking supplies up. And then the dogs get fed. And that's the chores done for the morning. The chickens get done in the afternoon. So I actually don't do anything with the chickens in the morning. Um, because mine are pasture-raised and they have access to outside all the time, I don't have to go and let them out of a morning. But you could add in five minutes if you had to go and let them out of a morning. Um so have those time blocks kind of built in. Now, obviously, you don't want that on your big calendar, but you could have a daily timetable of the chores that have to be done each day. And you know, some people go, oh, well, I know what chores need to be done. I just go and do them. I find that writing them down and having them stuck up on the wall somewhere means that I don't have to invest any brain space in what needs doing each day. And you know, some people would be fine. They'd have enough of a habit built that they could do it no matter what. For me, that's not necessarily the case. I need to have as much brain space as possible. So I have a list of chores that need doing in the morning and a list of chores that need doing in the afternoon. And it's all written out. So if I if my brain farts on me because, you know, I'm a 50-year-old woman, um, I can look at it and go, yep, all right, that's, I've got to do that. That's, I haven't done that yet. I've got to go and do that. So I think it's an awesome, awesome system. But some people would say, no, I think it, I think it works well. The other thing that I really, really want you to, to try and do is be completely realistic about your goals. It's something that I struggle with. I am so not realistic. Um, certainly not with my time. I always assume it's going to take me less time to do something than it actually does take me, which is frustrating. I wish I could do things quicker, <laughs> but having short and long-term goals that you have very realistic time frames on, um, I, I can't stress that enough. And then you can, with those particular goals, you can break them down into manageable tasks. But again, be very realistic. So if you say, oh, well, I'm going to go and dig out the garden bed. Uh, my garden bed, because I've been sick, my garden bed's gone to poo at the moment. Uh, if I had to go and dig out my garden bed now, I'd probably go, oh, it'll only take me an hour. Three hours later, I would still be in there. Um, it's it's being honest with ourselves. I look and go, yeah, I could do that in an hour. And then I can't. I can't do it now. I, I had an incident um, two weeks ago where we unfortunately lost a goat to snake bite and I uh, the handy helper was asleep he was on night shift and I found the goats were screaming and I went out to check and found him and he's a 50 kilo goat or was a 50 kilo goat I picked him up under one arm and carried him up the embankment wall of the dam um, and by the time I got to the top of the wall of the dam I actually sat back and thought I need to learn to act my age I can't keep physically doing those kind of jobs uh, I, I could do it. I could lift him and I could carry him up the wall, the damn wall. 
but I paid for it for the next week. My back was killing me. Um, it's just one of those things where you just have to be very realistic about what your capabilities are. And we all know people that, you know, drive on the road and and we joke and say, certainly the handy helper and I joke and go, ah, oh, their abilities and their, um, what is it, their, their um, abilities and their belief of their abilities aren't quite in alignment. Well, that's the same with setting realistic goals. You need to ensure that your what you know you can do, what you physically can do, is actually realistic to what you're trying to do. So if you're digging out the garden bed, give yourself an extra half hour at least <laughs> and sit back and go, oh, wow, I got it done in time. Isn't that awesome? Um, same with moving the chookyards. When we move the chookyards, I always go, oh, it'll only take half an hour. It doesn't. It always takes an hour. There's always... Something, there's always a peg that won't go into the ground or or we lose a peg or one of the goats decides to come and, you know, sticky beaking, try and climb into the goat yard, into the chook yard. Something always goes wrong. So instead of saying it's only going to take half an hour, I now go, no, I've scheduled now for that. We're going to go, we're going to get it done from start to finish and then walk away and it's done. So what have we covered so far? We've talked about our overall calendar, prioritising things, um, ensuring that we've got everything scheduled onto that calendar, time blocking and batch processing for jobs that can be done like that, and realistic goal setting. So the next couple of things, this one will be a good one for those of you with kids. Delegation and teamwork. <laughs> I wish I could say we had this down pat here at Mojo Homestead. We don't. We are getting much, much closer. Uh, but we definitely have jobs that the kids can do and can be delegated to do and we have chores that the handy helper must do because they're just physically nobody else is able to do them so things like chopping firewood we can help him with them but realistically wielding that chainsaw it's a pretty big piece of equipment and I, I don't always trust myself with it so it's better if he's there for that so there are jobs that fall to certain people milking the goats is another one Nobody else can milk the goats at the moment. I would love to teach one of the kids to do that, and that is on the cards for 2024. But at the moment, it's false to me. Now, when I was sick over Christmas, obviously that became an issue. So if you can have more than one person that can do it um, to lighten the load through the next year, that would be awesome. Um, also, too, things like having a neighbour or a friend who can look after the property in the event of a real emergency. And when I say real emergency, you know, people people get a bit funny about emergencies. And I'll talk about emergencies later. But so years ago, I did um, Michelle Bridges' uh, course, who's the fitness guru. And she said something about, you know, when emergencies happen, you can't work out. And she said, but the problem is some people, emergencies happen a lot more often, um, like weekly. <laughs> And when an emergency is happening weekly, you have to question whether or not it's a genuine emergency. If it's happening weekly, maybe it's just that you're not prepared enough. So it's good to have somebody who can step in and do the chores around the farm in the event of an emergency, so long as it is a genuine emergency. Um, but certainly getting the kids to do chores around the farm. So both of my kids um, are now at an age where they can do farm chores. Uh, they can put the goats away overnight. So the baby goats go away overnight to, um, into a, 
uh, stable basically until the next morning when I milk their mothers and then they go back out in the paddock with their mothers during the day. So both kids are capable of doing that. Both kids are capable of collecting eggs and filling up the hoppers, the feeders in the chicken run. My daughter doesn't like doing it because she doesn't like the smell of chickens, <laughs> which is a weird one. But anyway, it's yeah, she she'd much rather do the goats, whereas my son has no problem going into the chook yard and doing the chooks. So they absolutely can be delegated to do both of those kind of um, jobs. Um, gardening you know watering the garden is not something that is hard work and it wouldn't take much to teach a kid how to do it properly so that you're not stressing out going oh my god I've left them to do it but they're fucking it up teach them how to do it properly so that you can then sit back and go and do some other chore that needs doing and it means that if everybody gets in and gets it all done you you know that you're all going to sit down together like you're all going to be able to sit down and all the jobs are done and you can actually take a break Um, certainly over Christmas I didn't listen to my own advice on that and I'm paying for it still now Um, it um, it was a very busy we celebrated Christmas on the 23rd because of shift work uh, but it was a very busy couple of days Um, and I probably should have delegated a lot more and that's going to be one of my things to do for the next 12 months is to delegate a lot more Um, as I said to the kids the other day when we're cleaning the house they um I drive them around to all their sports things. I make sure they get to all their social events. The least they can do is help me around the house and the farm. So, yeah. Now, uh, one of the other things that I want to look at this year is utilising technology. And I, I don't I don't have any electronic system that I use, but I have been listening to, I love learning more, so I have been listening to um, a lot of other farmers talk about different Um, apps and things like that that they use to help them run their farm so I'm going to make a real goal of trying to sneak out a few of those things and have a look at them for record management and record keeping and data management and and planning Um, and and when I come across them I'll let you guys know because I I, like I say I I don't use them at the moment and it'll be interesting to see what is actually out there Um, efficient animal care routines is another one that I'm going to look at this year which is um you know, like I say, having that list of things that need doing and having a very clear uh, process of how we're going to do it. And, but that'll be more about getting the kids to do that as well. So um, uh, things like grooming and checking on animals and you know, trimming hooves, worming, all those kinds of things. Those I want to have those routines really mapped out so that everybody knows where we're up to. And the same goes with the garden. I, Like I say, my garden's gone to poo at the moment because I was so sick for a week there. I wasn't moving at all. Um, literally, the garden went, the animals were being looked after, the garden went to shit, the animals still got managed. It's amazing how priorities change. Uh, but I really want to get to a point where we've got a lot more things happening in our garden over the next 12 months. Um, even though I myself have gone carnivore again, so I'm back eating only animal products to try and break down this inflammation. Um, but uh, my kids still eat veggies, you know, and fruit and stuff like that. So, so we still want to have that veggie garden going, so that I'm not having to buy these things from the supermarket. Um, and one of the things that I really want to look at is getting a really efficient watering system, and the other one is getting a really efficient um, greenhouse. I want to get a greenhouse going so that we can start things. We, we get a lot of heavy frosts here. So if you're somebody that gets a lot of frost as well, you probably find that you want to start plants before they're able to put them outside uh, because the frost will just kill them. 
So having a greenhouse is my next big goal in the garden. I think I, I think I'll probably be able to manage it a bit easier because the weather. I won't have I won't be out there going. Oh, I hate being out in the weather doing the garden because I'll be in a greenhouse instead. Uh, but getting a, a routine going for that. Now the handy helper, because he's changed from being a landscape gardener to um, a shift worker, he's not doing as much around the garden for me, which is a bit of a shame, but um, we might have to get a little bit of a schedule going for him so that those kind of tasks don't fall by the wayside and that they actually get done when they're supposed to get done. And that falls into the next one, which is implementing systems for maintenance. Um, I really want to get a good schedule going. We're, we're not too bad. The Handy Helper and I are both pretty good. We, we understand that if our equipment is not working, uh, we're fucked. <laughs> Simple terms. Um, so we do get that we have to manage things. Um, the Handy Helper, certainly his mowers and brush cutters, he's always looked after them because he's a landscape gardener. But things like the chainsaw, you know, he, he's very adamant about keeping that sharp. We've got a really good axe for, for chopping firewood. Um but things like fencing is probably a big one that we need to work on. Um, we need to look at getting a little quad bike or getting... We had an old... We used an old ride-on mower, uh, but I need a little trailer connected to the back of it so that I can move food and water and things like that around the farm without you know physically having to do it. So those kinds of chores, we need to kind of work on those, get those a little bit more um, happening. Uh, now... I'm going to skip the next one and I'll talk about it last, I think, or yeah. So um, emergency preparedness, something we don't have on the farm at the moment is a firefighting system. Now, uh, we've had such a wet summer, but we've also had lots of storms and lots of lightning strikes. And in the back of my mind, I'm very aware of the fact that we don't have a firefighting system. So that's one of the things over the next year too, is to manage a trailer set up where we can have water with a little mini pump on it and have it set up so that anytime there's a fire anywhere near us or our neighbors we can just hook that trailer up go and start trying to help fight fires um but also too i really 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 want to get to a point where i've got a um a walk-in um what do you call it jesus i've just had a mental blank um a walk-in pantry storage area for fruit and vegetables so and cheese and things like that so basically a cave um and i want to get that sorted before the end of next year so i want to be at a point where i can be storing um you know like a, a cellar is what i'm thinking that's my brain just didn't want to work there uh, like a root cellar i want to get one of those prepared so that we have a good store of produce that we can keep and it will stay fresh over the summer months uh, continuous learning and improvement is another one on my list of things for the year um, which um, I'm, I'm a big one on reading I read lots um, and when I can't read I listen to audiobooks but there's so many good regenerative agriculture books out there and so many people doing such good work in that area I, I can't I can't recommend enough. Um, certainly Joel Salatin, I have his entire collection and I still haven't read it all, but I'm working my way through. Um, Alan Savory is another one who, Holistic Management, it's awesome. Uh, and Richard Perkins, I think his name is. I haven't got that book yet. I was kind of hoping I might get it for Christmas, but eh, oh, maybe I'll buy it for myself later in the year. Um, but I would really encourage you to try and seek out some new learnings. Um, there's another guy who does water management here in Australia who I'm actually quite keen to get a hold of his book and have a read as well. 
Uh, and what else do I need to talk about? So in your calendar, a couple of other things that you need to put on there is um, seasonal adjustments. And when I say seasonal adjustments, I'm talking about yeah, those times when you have um, kids at home, when you know you've got school holidays, where you want to take you know, a, a family holiday away. Don't miss out on it just because you're on a farm. So many homesteaders and farmers just assume that they can't take any time away from the farm. And I really think that that's just a, a horrible state of affairs. I love the farm and I never want to be away from it. But a holiday is so beneficial to you. There's so many good bits about taking time away from your regular day-to-day and going and relaxing and enjoying yourself and having some real downtime and not having to think about all those million things you've got going and that's the last two things that I wanted to talk about were balancing work and personal time and mindfulness and stress reduction and I, I really think it's important that even though you know we live and breathe our homes our farmsteads and our homes um homesteads we really do need to have that scheduled time out. And I don't do it well enough. I'm the worst at doing it. But I think it's vital that we start saying, okay, we do need a date night. You know, we do need to take hubby or partner, you know, or, or yourself if you're single. God, take yourself out and sit down and have lunch by yourself with, you know, a really nice coffee or a really nice juice or shit, fucking beer or a glass of wine. Sit down and enjoy it and have that me time now that me time could be partner me time or it could be single me time and that's fine but it's that real personal time it's yours it's not to be interrupted don't be answering people's questions don't be trying to help others out kids dropped off to grandparents or friends or having a sleepover or something like that and just allow some time for yourself and if you have a hobby or if you want a hobby Try and schedule in some time. I talked about time blocking in the calendar earlier. Um, One of the things that I want to try and do this year is actually schedule chunks of time once a week where I just do my thing. And for me, there's a couple of hobbies that I'm trying to pick back up again, which one is sewing. Um, I want to start making patchwork quilts, but I never have time to sit down and do it. Uh, The other one is reading, which I was very lucky to be gifted for Christmas, a swinging chair, a hanging crocheted chair which is now sitting pride of place on the veranda and yesterday I sat there with an audio book I have my new headphones I got headphones for Christmas as well so I had headphones on and I sat in the swinging chair and I just switched off for half an hour and for no reason other than I could I just switched off for half an hour listened to my audio book and relaxed and honestly I felt so much more energized and so much more ready to take on all the afternoon's chores after I'd done it so Take some personal time, um, you know, schedule in that work time. There's no problem with saying, right, that from here to here I am doing work, but schedule in a little chunk of time each day where it is not work time. And obviously along that lines, mindfulness and stress reduction. I have never been a, um, what do you call it, what are the, meditation. I've never been a meditator. I've never been somebody that can sit there and do that whole zen you know, stop the voices in my head, stop the noise. I don't know whether it's because I'm a little bit ADHD, but I can't switch off that much. 
when I put my headphones on, I can. So what I'm going to try and do, I follow a lady called Denise Duffield-Thomas who talks about money mindset. If you haven't already ever heard of her, go check her out. She's actually really awesome. So um, Denise Duffield-Thomas talks about um, money mindset and she has meditation audios that she um, gives you that you can listen to to help you understand that it's okay to be earning money off things that you love doing. And, and that was a real big thing for me. I was like, I can't take money for something I love doing. It feels like I'm cheating somehow. Um, but I love her her meditations. Even though I'm not a meditator, if I put the headphones on and just sit and listen, I actually feel like I'm getting something out of it. Um, and I think that is really important for me too, coming off the back end of my second bout of PTSD from work, um, to take that time out. And, and even though I'm not a meditator, take some time out. That's a real downtime for me. Um, obviously being sick as well hasn't helped um so those kinds of things i think it's really important for us to to just be kind to ourselves i think there's enough shit going on in the world without us you know putting shit on our on ourselves as well so that's my planning for the year that's what i've done over the last couple of days i've sat down and mapped it all out now, like I said, I have a Canva template and I'm going to try and I, I was having a look at it and I don't know how I can do it because I think with Canva it says yeah, you can give people access to it. But I want to see if I can just send you a copy and then you open it up in your own Canva account. So if I can work out how to do that, I will link it to the show notes um, or, and also I'll link it on a social media post so people can see. Um, but I'm going to put that out there because I love having my calendar and I might even do my daily time checklist you know chores that need doing as well because that's kind of handy too but that's it for the planning for the overall overview of planning now over the next couple of weeks what we're going to do is next week we're going to talk about strategic livestock and crop planning so we're going to get really knuckled down into the kinds of things you need to be thinking about for um, livestock particularly but also crop planning because like I say I really want to get my garden up and running you know uh, and I'll also discuss the bees too, because bees, you know, they're not very time consuming, but there are things that need to be done and they need to be done at certain seasons. So I'll go through that as well. Uh, the following week, we're going to talk about animal care and maintenance. So things like shearing, uh, hoof trimming, worming, parasite control, um, that kind of thing. We'll go through that. Uh, week four, which will be the so that'll be the yeah the fourth week of january um the boring topic of farm and equipment maintenance it's boring but it needs doing um and it's something that you really do need to kind of if you stay on top of it it's not going to be a problem down the track so I, i'm a big one even though i find the topic very boring it's it's an essential it's got to be done um and then in the last week i just want to run across more the holistic homesteading kind of stuff that you really need to schedule over the next 12 months um, to, to make your homestead work and run smoothly. Anyway, I can't believe I have made it through this entire episode. Although I sound terribly croaky, I have not been coughing, which is awesome because I can't imagine that would be a very nice podcast to listen to, me coughing my guts up the whole way through. 
fingers crossed the voice will come back and uh, I'll be back on fire in no time at all. Now I'm also, uh, I'll ask everybody to keep an eye out, I'm going to do a lot of lives over the next couple of weeks um, because I'm home with the kids on and off over January. So I'm going to be on Instagram and on Facebook doing lives hopefully at least once or twice a week. And um, also too, I am cracking in, I have, for those that don't know, Not The Farmer's Wife is actually a um, clothing store. I have clothing accessories, car accessories, things like that. Um, And it's a print on demand. So I make designs and they go to, um, they sit in my shop and you can order them and they are printed as you order. So they're only printed when you actually, when somebody actually orders one. and they come, most of them unfortunately come from China because there's just no good suppliers that could do it in America or in Australia. Uh, oh, there are some good suppliers, but they're hard. They're hard to find. And sometimes the prices are astronomically more expensive. And I, I don't want to make my items too dear for people. I want to make them, you know, reasonably, you know, quality versus quantity kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I've been working very hard on that over the last week because I haven't been able to do so much. So if you're at all interested in things like hooded snuggle blankets or car seat covers that have a homesteady or a farming kind of theme about them, go and check it out. It's notthefarmerswife.com. Uh, it's my little shop that I run. Uh, check it out and tell me what you think. Uh, I won't be offended if you don't like them. Just let me know what you think either way. I'm I would never say that I'm an artsy type of person, but I really, it's one of my kind of hobbies where I like, I like creating things. I like making pretty pictures. Anyway, so that's what I've got over the next week or so. And, um, and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for, for being here and making 2023 the year of my first podcast. And let's see what 2024 has got to bring for us. I can't wait. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in the next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.